Well, let's start this. Today's episode is watching for the return of Jesus. Get your Bible, grab a notepad, uh, join me this morning. It's going to be a powerful six points at 6 a.m. I've got for you this morning. Uh, like I said, I already prayed. Uh, we prayed together and I've prayed for you and I hate that you missed it, but I wish I'll, I'll send the recording. The recording will be live on YouTube uh, with the whole thing because we're recording it. But anyway, grab your Bible. Luke chapter 21 is where we're going to start. And uh, today's episode is watching for the return of Jesus. It's going to be a great episode, even though we missed a few minutes of it. So Luke 21, turn with me there and it's going to be great. Thank you guys for everybody that's joining this morning. I apologize for the, uh, the inconvenience there, but Luke chapter 21, I'm already encouraged. I hate that you didn't join me in the encouragement, but maybe I just needed some quiet time of encouragement. Luke 21, and let's go to verse 34, Luke 21 and 34 point. Number one, six points at 6 AM point. Number one is take heed to yourself, take heed to yourself, write that down. The word in, uh, in Greek uh, we're watching for the return of Jesus. That word in Greek is proseklo. Proseklo means to hold the mind and apply to or pay strict attention to. So in other words, apply your mind to something. Apply it to a thing as to think on it intentionally. Uh, the, another, another definition of that word proseklo would be to pay strict attention to it. Not just glance at it and be aware of it. There's a difference between being aware and taking heed. Taking heed would mean to pay strict attention, meaning it's intentional how much attention or how much direct thought you're giving something. That's what heed means. And Jesus says this in Luke 21, verse 34. But take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with the carousing drunkenness and cares of this life that the day come on you unexpectedly for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the son of man. So Jesus is talking about the rapture here. If you haven't listened to my, any of my broadcasts or episodes about the rapture, you can go back on my YouTube channel. I've got multiple channels about the revelation, the book of revelation, the end time prophecies of what's to come. But Jesus here is talking about the return or the rapture of the church. Jesus's dissension on the earth, not the full return of Jesus where he'll actually put his foot back on the earth, but the return. And he's telling us, take heed. Don't be caught up with things that can pull your attention, but pay attention, put strict attention on this. I wonder how many people it's actually just a second thought that this, his return is a, is a second thought. It's like a, it's an idea like, yeah, he's going to return and I'm looking forward to his return and it's something in the future. And we'll think about it when the, when the time comes, he said to pay strict attention to his return. When he says watch for, it means to be alert to to pay attention to, to look unto something with strict attention, give strict thought about that thing. So point number one is to take heed. Point number two, there's a slow progression of drifting. Write that down. There's a slow progression of drifting. You know, I have the uh, opportunity. My, my pastor will be having me minister at the church this coming week. And the Lord put on my heart the moment that my pastor said, Hey Dylan, you're going to be preaching this Wednesday. I said, he, the Lord put in my, in my spirit, I didn't hear an audible voice or anything like that, but in my spirit, the Lord's talked about, but to, uh, or put in my heart to talk about the progression of faith, 
the power of faith and the progression of it and how progressive things don't look like they're progressing to something, but in the progression of it, change is happening, but you don't see it. Well, the same is true on the opposite side. Faith, there is. There's a progression of faith. Actually, uh, you can go back on my podcast and you can look at the progression of faith. Uh, on That's one of the broadcasts that we did. But there's a slow progression of drifting as well. I want to give you the Greek definition. Turn with me into Hebrews 2 and 1. Hebrews 2. And I know I'm being a little fast this morning, but we wasted about four or five minutes without sound. So I want to catch up because I don't want to go long today. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, there's a slow progression of drifting. There's a slow progression of drifting. So Hebrews 2 and 1, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed. There's that word again. Give the more earnest heed to the things, or we must give earnest or sincere, strict attention to. That's what we could translate that to in our own amplified version of it is therefore we must give the more earnest we must give the more attentive strict attention to the things we have heard lest we drift away i wrote this down in my margin here is to slip to drift away is to slip away Uh, look at what the greek word here means for slip um, or, or to drift it's the word because in the new king in the king james version it says to slip away and in the Greek, that word slip, perereo, um, it's P-A-R-A-R-R-E-O, perereo, is to glide away, not to be forced away, not to be so impa- impacted that it's, it's noticeable, but it's a gliding. Another w- definition of that word in the Greek is it slips my mind or drifts slips my mind and you ever heard that expression oh it slipped my mind I completely forgot about it you know it slipped my mind it was something that gradually left my ideas gradually left my thought this is what the progression of drifting away does it's a slow moving uh it's not always like like right in your face like you know blatantly right there it's a drift it's a drifting away of these things that you don't take heed to it at first you're just thinking about it occasionally it's like a casual thought oh you know that's nice jesus is going to return one day that's so wonderful but the bible warns about those types of thoughts of the idea that it's just a a passing glance or a dr- no he, uh, in the book of hebrews he warns us the lord warns us in the book of hebrews do not give light amounts of attention to this take heed unless you forget what you've heard and it start to drift from you. You begin to drift away and start to slip away. So number two is there's a slow progression of drifting. Uh, I could keep going on about it, but you, there's things that you'd notice and you don't notice, you know, like, like so many people get off a path and they're like, how did I end up here? Uh, look at my life. Look at all the things around me. You know, uh, well, how did I end up in the place that I'm in? You know, it's like money, uh, savings, or, you know, or both ways, really savings and losing money. If you save money, you know, you become a saver by creating habits of saving money. You know, people think once I get a lot of money, I'll become, you know, I'll save money and I'll do this and that. No, you won't. You'll do the same thing with a lot of money as you do with the money that you have or you consider a lot of money. You, you have to create habits of being a certain way. You want to have money saved in your bank account, then you put money away. It doesn't matter how much it is. You, it's not the amount. It's the act of 
right? You, you save money. You put dollars away or however much it is. Anytime money comes in, you take a percentage out and you put it to the side and you save some of it. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't a lesson on giving, but I'm talking about the progression of things. And the same thing with like, you know, we're not talking about tithing. I understand you take that, that tithe belongs to God, but I'm talking about saving money. There's a progression to it. How did, how did I get to the point where I'm this much in debt? Well, it's no surprise. It starts at a little progress. You don't end up at $10,000 in debt or $5,000 in debt or $100,000 in debt. You, that's a progression. You know, you can, it's harder to do is to have one big smack of debt or have, how did I get $10,000 in savings? How did I get $100,000 in savings? Well, it, it didn't just surprise you. There was a progression. You were putting money away gradually or the opposite end. You were spending money gradually and it ends up at that place. This is what happens in Christian's life is how did I, you know, how did I miss this rapture? How did I miss the rapture? That's going to be a question that people see because they're not thinking about it now. Because when that time comes, they're going to go, well, I, I should have put more attention to it. I put it, should have put more thought to it. Well, that's the time we have now to do it. And as the progression goes on, as the progression moves forward, people forget, people don't notice it. And little bit, little by little, they begin to drift away. It's the little things that pull them away from the source. So number two is there's a slow progression to drifting. Number three, the Bible tells us to put our attention on certain things, to place our attention on something. It doesn't mean your mind's going to automatically do it. You have to put your attention on certain things. Colossians 3 and 1, for time's sake, I'm not going to turn there, but Colossians 3 and 1 says to seek those things which are above. What, is, what, what things? Jesus. And he's sitting on the throne next to God right now. You think of the things of heaven. You think of the kingdom of heaven. Those are things that are above. You know, it's not just geographically above or, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not just a place, but he's saying think on things that are on a higher level. Heaven is a higher level. The kingdom of God is a higher level. The ways of God are higher levels, not just what's happening here on the earth. So he's saying, put your mind, pay attention to the things that are on higher levels. And see, 2 Peter 1 and 10, I want you to turn there. 2 Peter 1. So we're in Hebrews. Just keep going a couple pages, a couple books past that. 2 Peter chapter 2. I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. It says, therefore, brother, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I put in my margin here, don't slip. He said, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. We're the elect. We are called of God. It's not just the Israelites or the Jewish people that are called or the elect of God. We are the elect of God. We've been grafted into the family. So as we've been called and elected by God, he said, for if you do these things, you if you stay diligent, if you pay attention, if you place your mind on the things, it doesn't just happen automatically, right? It has to be done. It has to be activated on your part. Put your mind on these things for so uh, doing these things, you will never stumble. Jump over to verse 12. For this reason, this is Peter talking to the people. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. He's doing his part as a good minister. He's being repetitive. He's reminding. 
How many times have you thought, man, my pastor has talked about this three, four, five hundred times already, and you get tired of hearing it? He's doing his good job as a minister. How many times do we have to talk about it? Until the return actually happens. Until the time actually occurs, then he can lay off of talking about it. But as Peter says here, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always, always have a reminder of these things after my decease. Man, it just, you know, brings me so much admiration to the ministers and the people of the gospel, pastors, evangelists, preachers, teachers, that they tell us and remind us, even in the midst of us going, I've heard it, I've heard it already. That's their job is to keep it here, keep it right in the forefront of our thinking so we don't forget. He said it three times in here. I will never cease to remind you. I, yes, I think it is right that as long as I'm in this tent, talking about his body, his physical body, to stir you up by reminding you, keeping it in the, the, keeping it in the forefront of your mind to keep it in front of you. How important a, a thought is. How important the conscientiousness of something is. You shouldn't be the, the Sundays and Wednesdays, shouldn't be the only time you think about God. Sundays and Wednesdays shouldn't be the only time you press into God and you spend time with him. You put time and emphasis on his word, put time and time and emphasis on worshiping him. You should have a lifestyle. It should be remind. How do you keep that reminder? Put the things that you hear on Sunday morning in your daily life. Re-listen to things, put things on as a reminder to you so that you don't, uh, you don't fade back. Number four, point number four, is to take his yoke. We know this verse for time's sake, I'm not going to go there, but Matthew 11 and 28, he said, my, my, take, on, take on my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But Jesus says to, to, to take his burden on, take his yoke on and remove the yoke of your life. So in doing that, you can no longer carry the yoke of your life. You can no longer carry what yoke you would bring into society, what your yoke you would bring with you through life as you go, your yoke that you carry into your family. It's not your yoke to carry anymore. That is a commandment from Jesus. Take on my yoke. Take, put the yoke, and when, it's, when he says yoke, I'm not talking about eggs. I'm talking about the yoke of an oxen, Y-O-K-E, not Y-O-L-K, the yoke that that keeps two oxen together so that as they move, they progress in the same direction. That's what Jesus wants us to do to, to satchel up with him, to get, to get hooked up with him so that as he moves forward, we move forward as he thinks a certain way. We think a certain way as the word directs us, we're directed. You understand the word tells us something it's telling it to us. So as we're to put our mind on it. So Jesus wants us to yoke up with him. Number five, point number five, People in, in society today are overindulging. People in society today are overindulging. Turn with me into Luke 21 again. I know we were just there, but go back to that because that's our foundational scripture for this teaching. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. But take heed to yourself. Do I want to read this in the Amplified? I do. I want to give a special shout out to Jared and Mandy. 
for uh, my Amplified Bible that I've got. Appreciate this. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. It says, but be on guard. I like that. Be on guard. Take heed so that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed with the giddiness of debauchery and the nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. Then that day when the Messiah returns will not come on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all of those who live on the on the face of the earth. But listen to these certain words in here. Be on the guard so that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed with giddiness of debauchery and the nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. People are overindulging. People are overindulging on the world. They've become, have you ever eaten too much? Now keep your comments to yourself about me. Have you ever eaten too much? You just over and it's so good. It tastes so delicious and you just, you can't put the fork down or it just, it, you, you eat too much of a certain thing. I know some of you are perfect and you never overindulge. You never overeat, but us humans, regular people that make mistakes, have you ever overeaten and overindulged? Maybe in your old past life and being serious, have you ever gotten drunk on wine or alcohol or liquor? There's an overindulgence in that. There's too, there's, there's, uh, you've, you've taken it in excess. You've had too much of it. Well, that's what the Bible's saying. Luke, or Jesus is saying in Luke that the world is overindulging in the worries or the cares of this life. They're overindulging in it. So it's okay to be in, to have some of it. You live in this world. Of course you have to, the Bible gives us faith, uh, tells, teaches us about faith, gives us the mechanism of faith that we can trust God and receive from his promises to cope with things in this world, to deal with things in this world, to have a, uh, to have a life and to deal with the life in this world. But it doesn't mean that you overindulge in it, that it becomes part of your, who you are. No, you should, you should be a new creation as a kingdom indulger. You should indulge in the things of the kingdom. In the Greek, the Bible in the King James Version doesn't use the word nausea. It uses this word, and I may be pronouncing it wrong, but surfeiting. Uh, it says uh, people are sur are overindulging or surfeiting within the uh, worries of this world. In the Greek, that word is krepale, krepale, which means excessive eating, excessive eating. So like I said, they're overindulging in this particular appetite for the world. And it's not that they're, uh, the way Jesus is describing this is not that people are in wickedness or they're living in sin. No, he's describing this as just the affairs of life. They're, they're indulging in the affairs of life. They're drunk with the affairs, not drunkenness as in terms of wine, but they're drunk and intoxicated with the life that's around them. Good and bad. People are consumed with the good life that they have. They want to enjoy the weather instead of being in church. They want to enjoy the game. It's football season. Let's. I want to enjoy the game today. I don't want to be, you know, waste my morning on this particular thing. Listen, there. That's an overindulgence on the good side. But just as much as that, there's an overindulgence on the bad side of things when things are going wrong. 
I'm going to, you know, I don't, I don't, I've got to pay attention to my life right now. I'll put this Jesus thing on the side for now until I get my life in order. That's just like saying that you're going to start saving, saving money when you have all the money in the world. No, you won't. You'll do the same thing then. So just because things aren't going right now in your life doesn't mean you wait for things to get better. You get God involved in it now. You put your attention on God's things now and he'll get those things turned around in your life. He'll start pushing things around to make sure that they're the direction that he wants them to go for you so that you have the better life. But don't be overindulged in any capacity because that that feeling that you get when you overindulge, it's the worst. It's terrible because you feel like, oh, you know, like you're just you're you're. You know, you're weighed down your bird. It's like you can't do a lot, you know, like I don't know how kids in school they they go right from from math class to to PE. You know they're out running around in PE. Then they eat lunch and they eat you know spaghetti and ice cream. And then they're out in recess. It's just like what dramatic these intense dramatic changes they have in the course of their day. But can you imagine just being stuffed with? Just think about it for a second. Stuffed with ice cream and spaghetti and bread and you know milk and then you're you got to go run a mile oh man i'm just thinking about it. it just makes my 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 little tummy hurt because it just makes you know that's such a hard thing to accomplish when you're weighed down with all these things and that's how it is in life people can't think about the goodness of god when they're indulging in the world's appetites you got to indulge in the bible's appetites you'll start to your appetite will begin to change uh, point number 6 finally be mindful. Be mindful. I like to, I like to think of it like this. Have your mind full. Fill your mind. Be mindful. Fill your mind. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Watching for the return of Jesus. 2 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to go to verse 2, I believe. We'll start in 1. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Here he is again. So in his first letter, he's reminding people. His second letter, he's reminding people. He's constantly reminding people that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken. Uh, verse 2, that you may be mindful, f- fill your minds with the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and the Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which the world then existed, perished by flooding with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are preserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Keep your mind full. Don't forget. He's saying, he's saying these people have forgotten. 
This is what Peter was saying. These people have forgotten that God destroyed this planet at one time. He destroyed every inhabitant on this planet except a family on a boat. And every plant, every plant, every animal, every living being was was completely covered in a flood. And the only one that he saved was Noah and his family. It's the only ones that were saved. And he said, don't forget these people that, oh, you know, where's, where is your coming? Where, when, oh, I thought Jesus was coming and returning. Even people within themselves have this feeling. You know, it's been a long time. Is Jesus really going to come? Don't allow that overindulgence on the world to create that appetite in you. Pay attention. Keep the reminders in front of you. Stay with your eyes in the word. Stay with your eyes in the Bible. Keep your attention on these things lest you forget and lest your mind be overindulged in this society. Hope this helped you today. This is six points at 6 a.m. Watching for the return of Jesus. Be sure to like this post. Share it on your, on your personal Facebook page, your Instagram, your Twitter, whatever platform that you're on, and tell someone about it. Be sure to like it, subscribe on my channel. And as always, I love you so much. Be blessed, have a great day, and I'll see you on tomorrow's broadcast. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.